What's your price to never use a search engine like Google, Yahoo, or Bing ever again? Or milk a giraffe, then drink a pint on the spot, or go on a silent meditation retreat for one year? Let's find out. Here to give each hypothetical of the dialectical, get reflective on the subjective, and remind you to hydrate so you can fly straight. We're your hosts, Aaron Rubin Corny and Lindsay Hicks. Also joining us today is a very special guest, comedian, writer, musician, and master wordsmith, Zach Sherwin. Let's just dive right on into this little cool pool. Before we start, I went camping this weekend and we were like, should we leave? Is it okay to leave food in our tent? And we were like, we're going to be gone for like two hours. It'll be fine. And we came back and a squirrel had chewed a hole through the mesh and eaten a ton of bananas and some like fake Cheez-Its that we had in the tent and shit all over our tent. It shit? I mean, it just was in there for a while. And I guess they're, they have little, little digestive tracts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the squirrel hadn't had bananas anytime recently. It probably upset the system. That's such a good point. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We are here with Squirrel Facts and Squirrel Trivia 24-7. This week, Squirrel Expert. Could be a show. Nedward Squirrelington. I'd listen to that. I think we keep Let's this in. I think we're just, I think we're in the show. I think it's already started. And I think the important thing is that everyone knows that this is not Nedward Squirrelington. This is comedian, writer, and musician, Zach Sherwin. Hi. Hey, Zach. Hi. Nice to see you. It's good to have you on. Lindsay and I love you. Is that overstating it, Lindsay? I would say super fan doesn't quite cut it. It's love. I'm comfortable in the love space. Let's get there. <laughs> Do you like words of affirmation? Because you're going to get a crap ton. Ooh, yes. I'm a bottomless pig. <laughs> We're really excited to have Zach on today. Lindsay and I have gotten to know Zach just from riding in the same rodeo in the comedy entertainment world for a while. But Zach is very prolific, very talented, has done a lot of things that we're big fans of, including the Crossword Show, which this episode is coming out pretty much right at the cusp before you kick off an East Coast tour. I'm really excited. We haven't really gotten to travel on the East Coast since before Panderson Cooper, as I sometimes call it. Okay, so the Crossword Show is I host and preside over a panel of guest solvers as they work their way through an actual crossword puzzle co-created by me and a New York Times crossword puzzle maker. The clues work like a normal crossword puzzle does, except they also happen to be rhyming rap lyrics. So there's like an across clues rap and a down clues rap over the course of the show. And then every time the guest panel gets a word right, I do some comedy or some music or some wordplay or some trivia that pertains in some way thematically to whatever answer word they just figured out. And then the grand finale is a rap that takes all the answer words that went into the grid and we take the solved puzzle and I tie it all together using all of the words that are um, the answers to the crossword. And that's what it is. But when I say the way that everything comes together is masterful and shocking and so fascinating every time, I mean, Aaron and I didn't miss a show. Yeah, highly recommend. It's such a brilliant show. And if you have a chance to catch it, don't miss it. It's masterful. If your mind is fertile, just know you're going to leave mentally pregnant with a lot of stuff. And yes, we are, just to plug the tour real quick, while you threw it to me, we're going on tour on the East Coast for the first time since before the pandemic in July, so we're really excited about it. I wrote a whole new show over the pandemic, and it's about writing a show during the pandemic. So I hope that it provides some joy in, like, things being at least normal enough that we can go to a live show together, and also a little bit of catharsis of being like, yeah, what a bizarre time. So I'm excited to tour it out. A little meta-catharsis. I'm, like, considering doing a bit of a deadhead. Am I going to go to the East Coast? Oh, my God. You're on the guest list for any show you make it to. (laughs) Thanks. That's exciting. Zach, in, in, in the spirit of catharsis and reflection and knowing not only your own creative mind, but knowing your own existential, uh, 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 Lindsay, help me, your own existential, uh, uh, Lindsay, help me. No, this is, it's so fun watching you flail uh, right now. Your, 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 your own flailing, your, your, your spirit. <laughs> Lindsay, check the oven. Is it ready? Oh, mm-hmm. it's ready to go. Serve it up. Let's serve it up. Here's a question for you, Zach. What's your price to never use a search engine 
like Google or Yahoo or Bing ever again for the rest of your life. Now, this is really tough because, as you two know from coming to many crossword shows, the bread and cashew butter of the crossword show is going down these, like, kind of Wikipedia-ish rabbit holes and then coming back up. So that is really going to cut the legs out of, like, my favorite thing, my magnum opus, if I may be a bit grandiose. So that's really a big deal. I mean, let me start there. Can I not name my price yet and just say that I'm, I need to wrap my head around the ramifications? No, now, let's I tear guess, this thing apart. Let's get into it. Here's the thing. It's exciting to think of the constraint of not being able to maybe lean on what has become a bit of a crutch, which is that I can like, I've figured out a little bit how to like make Wikipedia dives entertaining and I've got my little bag of tricks. Could it be that this podcast is like exactly what I need to show me that I should like write a show completely off the grid and like not allow myself to use the internet at all and have every connection be like, okay, I've reached a point in life where I know however much I know it's more than some and less than others. And I just have to take what I'm coming in with. No Googling allowed. There's books, encyclopedias, you can go to oh, the yeah, library. <laughs> so talking about libraries, thinking about today's episode, I realized I don't know when the last time I was in a library was. Not counting like not working on your laptop and not doing work quietly there, but going to a library for the utility they offer. For books. Yeah. I went to the one in West Hollywood, but I only went to get a card because they have like a whole media site where you can access like a bunch of films and stuff on their mm. website. So I didn't even go for books. I just went for a card so I could watch more things. So you're going to have to go to the library more, which means more gas. Let's, that's not nothing. Let me, let me step in. And I do mean step. I am podcasting now from literally next door to the Los Files Public Library. I used to live on the other side of my building, and I was like, man, I love living here because I'm a book nerd, and I still like reading actual physical books, and I could not live any closer to the library. And that was true until I moved to the other side of the building, and now... <laughs> not to flex that I have a balcony, but I could step out on my balcony and if it were allowed and they had a little pad there just for this purpose, I could return my physical books by chucking them over the fence into the library parking lot. Wow. So for me, I, I mean, I could be over there all the time. It would be zero change in gas. That is a flex. That is a serious flex. A library and balcony flex. Who is this yeah. guy? What a monster. <laughs> so library access is definitely a must have with all of this. But I think we're all buying more books without search engines. I don't know about you. I don't have any tattoos, but I'm going to have to get a bunch for like certain reference material that I just need without a search engine. Oh. What do you what do you what do you mean? I'm going to get facts and things that I usually look up probably for some shorthand references on my arm like maybe Are some there facts you look up regularly yeah like i'll use a search engine to look up conversion measurements in the kitchen oh, i see yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so here this is where it starts to get crazy right uh, uh you have to come to terms with the fact that all of your streaming services you're watching what's on the front page you can't use the search to look up something so mm. you have to just live with the times what about google drive can i search in google drive Okay, so I was putting a lot of thought into indexing, right, which is what search engines use to kind of categorize and store everything that it searches. I think you have to externalize indexing. So like carrying a bunch of journals around with you where you keep information as time goes on that you want to keep handy. No, you can't have files. You can't have online files. Don't you ever tell me I can't have files. <laughs> I mean, my, my, our jobs would be impossible. You can't launch a new show. We all work in entertainment because you use search engines to spread the word for it. So our creative medium would then be blocked. This is going too far. This is just... So really, this price would need to account for basically like a career's worth of projected earnings because perhaps in 2022, you really can't do anything professionally without a search engine. Well, you could argue you could, you could post yourself on a search engine. You just can't use it. Didn't Lindsay just say that your jobs would be impossible without it? Yeah, but she says stuff all the time. <laughs> and it's always true. It is always true. I wouldn't be able to do my job right now. I use a search engine for everything all day long to find images, clips, to just find out basic information all day, every day for work. So I wouldn't be able to do most of my job. So let's all just say what our current age is, whereby we'll be able to calculate how many years left of work we have and then how much money we make every year and multiply all that by each other and figure out our price. Okay. 
let's all say how old we are and how much money we make. <laughs> you also have to source in social clout, right? Because I won't seem as knowledgeable if I couldn't go source and research on quick Google searches throughout my day. And is it, do you feel it's like an essential part of your external presentation that you seem knowledgeable? Is that like a key? I don't lose sleep over that, but I do know it. It's part of my identity. Like I am a person where if I'm interested in something, I go down a rabbit hole and quickly spend an hour Googling things and Wikipediaing things. And then incidentally, am a little more renaissance after that mm. moment. So you would become a less well-rounded person without this. Isn't there something kind of appealing about being a bit of like a steampunk Luddite who just lives at the library and always has books around and is learning about obscure things because someone mentioned it in a conversation the other day and they had to go to the library to really get to the bottom of it. That's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool thing. And everybody is always, you know, none of us is oblivious to the attention destroying, focus zapping, you know, serenity obliterating pace and quantity of stimulation that exists in all of our lives right now. Mm -hmm. We're never going to wean ourselves off the incredible tool of a search engine like on our own. But if in this hypothetical world you're positing, there's somehow some enforcement mechanism for this it could be like a peace hack. And, and then people presumably would know like about your thing, right? Are you allowed to tell people like, oh, I'm going to be shouting this from the rooftops. Right. So I have a friend who doesn't have a smartphone. I know it about him and I account for it. He's living a fine life. He doesn't seem measurably less happy to me. Because he's not looking at Instagram or TikTok. You may be a little bit out of the loop when people are singing like, my money don't jiggle jiggle. The TikTok song, mm -hmm. you won't know what they're talking about, probably. Right. But maybe that's great if you don't know. It really seems like you have to invest your money at some point into, you have to be making enough money from this payday that you're able to start a company where everybody who works for you is just helping build a useful encyclopedia for you. Yeah, it's just a fully analog sort system for you. And like pop culture you wouldn't know about, like... The other day I was watching, and I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, Emily in Paris. Mm. And I was like, who is that girl? Why is she the lead of this show? Where did she come from? And I Googled her and found out that she's Phil Collins' daughter. Oh. You know what I mean? An encyclopedia isn't going to have information like that. That's not, you're not going to be able to find that out at a library. So there's a lot of things you just won't know. So what would you have done if you couldn't go search that? I probably would have been like, oh, she's an actress. And just not worried about it or ask someone later when I saw them if they knew who that was. Lindsay, I don't mean this in at all. I just am feeling about how I feel about no, now knowing that that's who Emily in Paris is, which I also didn't know. Like, at least Pete Holmes had a joke about this, like, over a decade ago. Like, does it not feel exactly the same as not knowing to know? It doesn't change my experience at all, but it does inform nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm warming to this concept. Me too. I mean, I feel like the world would, there would be so few people doing it. Like, in other words, my price is going down. There would be so few people doing it that people would know that you were the no search engine person and could accommodate that. Or, you know, they could send you fun facts. If there's something interesting they find out, Right. your friends will tell you. And you could still receive it. You can get it in your inbox on your email. You just have to make sure you open it because once it goes to the second page, you can't search for it. And you can still look at social media. You just can't look anything up specifically, right? Everything's just going to be algorithms learning your behavior, which they're pretty good already, right? You can't search on YouTube, but YouTube will see what you click on. So it'll start to give you. Yeah. The algorithms are getting more sophisticated for better and for worse, but your entertainment would probably be okay. You probably can't move. Or if you do, you need to be prepared for like a big learning curve in your new city. But like... I would be fine. Oh, like you can just get a realtor. No, I mean, like you could move to another, like I live in LA. Moving to um, Des Moines would be complicated because you would like need a while to familiarize yourself with where everything that you wanted to do was. It would be harder without a search engine. That sounds fun. You just have to walk around, figure it out. Right. Talk to people at the grocery store. But certain, let me put it this way. Certainly if you stay where you are, what are you Googling new restaurants all the time, new bars, you you know your shit. I'm a creature of habit, so I don't feel like I rely on a search engine to, like, keep me current on the hip, hot, new stuff to do around town. So that would be no great sacrifice. You got to memorize phone numbers again. Oh, because you can't look up names? No, you get a Yellow Pages. You're good to go. Is my number in a Yellow Pages? A cell phone. Probably not. Because I have a cell phone 
with my old Texas number that I got when I was 16 years old. It's back to the tattoos I brought up. That's where tattoo is useful. Important phone numbers. I get the two of you, your phone numbers on me. But wait, what people's phone numbers do you look up now? Everyone. So they're either, if they're on my favorites, it's because I looked them up, found their name and flagged them for the favorites. So I couldn't do that. And then also just anyone I'm calling, like anyone I'm calling who's a friend of mine whose phone number is in my phone. Wait, you can't search your contacts? You can't use a search engine. Is your contacts thing a search engine? It feels like more like a list that you, it's like a contained list. Search engines feel more infinite. Like when I think search engine, I'm thinking Google. Right. Yahoo. Okay. Bing. No one can see the vitriol you guys, uh, you guys are showing on your faces over I'm this. I'm just getting over... up. I'm like, I don't want to have to tattoo phone numbers on myself. Like, Yeah, this upset you guys. I'd rather tattoo like a cheetah or something cool. I went to a political fundraiser recently and there was just a tattoo artist there who was giving like on a whim tattoos. And people would walk in and the greeters would be like, you're going to get a tattoo while you're here? And I saw some people being like, yeah, if they're here. And then people were just sitting down and bearing their upper arm and getting stuff. I couldn't believe it. I don't have any tattoos. And um, it just seems so it's such a decision you're going to be living with for so long. I would have maybe gotten one. Yes. I feel like tattoo people are like, this is cool. Let's go. Well, once you get used to the idea of it being on you forever, it doesn't carry the same weight. Once you've done one, you're like, well, I guess it's just there. However, I do have one trick, which is I only get tattoos in places I can't look at. So it has to be in places that are a little bit hidden because otherwise I'll I'll be like, that line is fucked up and I hate it. I would say you have to change your ways if you have to get phone numbers tattooed on. But our lovely producer, Rob, just posted here, a search engine is a software system designed to carry out web searches. So I'm pretty sure we're all off the hook with that. Web searches only. Okay, great. I think in the spirit of that, let's hit our prices and then see what the audience had to say. So because it would be impossible to have most regular jobs, because even if it's just writing and creating, there's information that you have to know to be able to do almost anything that is current. If I was doing something that was like a period piece, maybe writing something that was a period piece. But for most jobs, having access to a search engine on the web is imperative. So I'm going to need enough money to never have a job again. But I also, if I'm doing this, I should probably also just have enough money to buy a house and then have enough money to like live in the house and have enough like money for health care, food. There's a trend you have of everything just has to be, everyone just needs to give you a house. I have to get a house out of every single thing or it's just not <laughs> worth it to me. So, but I'll say the house doesn't have to be in Los Angeles. It can be elsewhere. So it doesn't have to be that much money. So I'm going to say to do this and for enough money for the rest of my life where I could take jobs that don't require it. I'm going to say. $50 million. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, what if I get sick and, you know, the healthcare system without an employer, mm -hmm. out-of-pocket healthcare is rather expensive. So I just want to make sure I'm allotting for that. I think that's great. In a similar spirit, I can just follow with that, that I'd say 17 million, but for the same reasons. I just think that's a little, I want enough money that I'm motivated still to like push in life because I don't want to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to hit the finish line a little too early where I don't feel motivated, but I want to be really safe in case my career is really affected by it. The limitation. Well, I'll go ahead and weigh in. I'll say that I've been reading some dystopia novels lately, and they feel increasingly realistic. And I'm guessing that fairly soon we should be at a point where between climate change and like the demise of our democratic experiment, like pretty soon search engines are going to be not so important. And also like, who knows how long any of us is going to live. So I'm going to be coming in way, way lower. I think it would be interesting and like kind of helpful, both in a PR sense and in a personal, again, like kind of serenity way to be like the no search engine guy. So, I mean, I'm going to say I'd do it for $15,000. Wow. That is, wow. I mean, you're like a saint. You know, it's interesting. It's not the lowest number we got from the audience. The low was $2,500 to do it. Mm -hmm. Did they provide a reason? No, but people put pretty high numbers. 17% of our audience said they need over a trillion dollars. 27% of our audience would want less than a million, which makes sense. One person who put 100 million said, I reckon 100 million is enough for books and an old librarian fella to get info for me. Oh, wow. So they're hiring a librarian as part of this. It's kind of like our coin butler. You know, okay, let me say something. I am a zero inbox guy and I'm like real into it. But I often remark to myself, like somehow Google got me. 
I'm like really invested in that digital tool. So I like, like it, but I don't, I know I don't need it. They just made it up and now I'm all into it. I feel like you don't need a hundred million dollars to hire a librarian. You can move to near a library and get almost everything you need and then learn to live without the convenience, which probably is good for you. However, I feel like librarians out there are really hurting for good work. Imagine being able to find the perfect librarian and say, I'll take care of you for the rest of your life, Bertha. This I like. And then she just kind of like lives in a little house outside of yours and just brings you books every day that she thinks you would love. Sounds like a pretty nice life to me. I mean, or I go high and distribute that stuff like to the librarians, Um, just like give everybody Mm -hmm. a nice salary bump. Yeah, or you make really fancy libraries and make libraries like chic again, like put a, you know, a coffee shop in there, a bar and really make libraries the thing again. This is sounding good. I like this world. I also want to write a crossword show without a search engine. That sounds like a cool constraint. That sounds like so much fun. Also, the L.A. public libraries did away with fines because they disproportionately penalize like poor and unhoused people. And so that's not a thing anymore. So feel free to abuse the privilege all you want, uh, L.A. library patrons. Go get your books. God, I have a book from when I was a kid and I still feel guilty about not returning it. Speaking of things we might feel guilty doing, should we move on to the next question? (laughs) Yes, let's talk about the next question, which is, what's your price to milk a giraffe and then drink a pint on the spot? It's rough. It's, It's a hard thing to say. But I have some thoughts about it. I've really given this a lot of thought. Mm. As you may or may not know, baby formula has been a bit of an issue. And I'm not saying that the baby should drink giraffe milk. But what I am saying is that I've heard from a lot of women that are producing milk and that are saying like, oh, I get to offload more of this. Great. Because apparently it's very, very painful to have more than you need. And I'm assuming that the same is true for a giraffe, meaning you could be doing this giraffe a major solid by relieving it a little bit of a pint of its milk on a day where it has more than it needs. The giraffe's going to be tired. Giraffe pregnancies last 15 months. So oh, yeah. after 15 months of that, you're, you, you, you need every break you can get cut. Yeah. I mean, my issue comes with like, I don't really know if I need to drink it. Like drinking it feels like I don't drink cow's milk. I think that's gross. So I don't know. That's that's the hard part for me is I feel like if I could be do it helping this giraffe by like relieving it a little bit, that's one thing. But then drinking it, I don't know. And like right in front of the baby, that just feels wrong. Well, the problem is giraffes, it's, you can't really domesticate them that well. And the only studies that I've been able to find are from like the 60s in which they had to put giraffes under anesthesia to milk them properly and check all the like the nutrients and everything from it. So you're not really, this doesn't feel like the most humane situation ever. Oh. So I, I think we have to play pretend and act as if this would be a giraffe that it'd be consensual and born and bred to not mind it. If we're all okay with that asterisk, because I don't think any of us could be paid to forcibly milk a giraffe that didn't consent. I veto the asterisk. Okay. It's too convenient. I'm a staunch vegan and I can't imagine a scenario where I would milk a giraffe and drink its milk. It would betray tons of personal bright lines. Honestly, same for me as I am morbidly opposed to the dairy industry. I think it's one of the saddest and sickest things of ever. And also, I didn't know that about you can't domesticate a giraffe. I mean, I guess I could have assumed. You can't really. It's illegal. It's illegal in most U.S. states. Do you guys want to guess some of the states that you can legally buy a giraffe? Florida. Florida's correct. Texas. Uh, no. Hmm. Tennessee. Correct. Ooh. It's Florida, Oregon, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Tennessee, Wisconsin. I want to come up with a fun mnemonic device for the states that you can buy a giraffe in and get a tattoo of it for when my <laughs> search engine privileges go away. What is that? For Rick? Forced. W forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, it costs about $60,000 to properly purchase a giraffe. And the zoo... In the U.S. that has the largest number of giraffes in-house is the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Wow. Also, I don't love zoos. This is all very hard for me. Zoos are horrifying. 
Yeah, this is a rough one because I'm trying to like, I, I'm imagining a scenario in which I come across a giraffe in the wild and it's in pain because it has too much milk and it's udder and I'm doing it a total solid by- Yeah, this is an altruistic, this giraffe needs it to be done. Well, just drinking it just like a pint of warm milk meant for a giraffe baby. So just to flesh this out, this is a scenario where you are like dying of malnutrition. And then at the same time, you come across a giraffe that lost its its calf and urgently needs to be milked. And so you can harvest two cabbages with one pruning shears by... <laughs> oh, uh, yes, I see what you're saying. By saving the giraffe and saving your own life. So that is the scenario we need to be entertaining based on the constraints we've put on this. You'd wrap the udders in cabbage. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I mean, if they were really warm, maybe that would help to, cool. you know. Um, well, no, because you can use cabbage to lactate. What are you talking about? Oh, mine was just a vegan version of kill two birds with one stone. No, 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 no. You can put cabbage in your bra if you are lactating and it will absorb through the pores and actually help relieve you. I have a friend who was recently pregnant who wanted their baby only on formula. So they just did that and they used cabbage leaves and it works. The structure absorbs the milk. That sounds improbable at best. This is a real thing. So I thought Zach was MacGyvering the shit out of this and saying, I'm going to wrap some giraffe udders in cabbage. Wow. I was definitely not saying any of the sort. That is news to me. News to me as well. Um, you're going to save this giraffe and yourself by drinking its milk on the spot. Because if it's just the altruistic part, then there's no reason you can't just pour the milk on the ground. Yeah, exactly. But this is, you're on your last legs. If you don't drink this, you will die. It's really funny because I feel like anytime I tell someone that I don't eat meat, they're like, well, what if you're on an island? And <laughs> okay, as the monster in the group who wants to find a way to make this work, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little semantics game, everybody. Let's look at the question. What's your price to milk a giraffe? So that's just going to be something where it's, it's necessary to help the animal. Then drink a pint. A pint can be referred to anything. So a pint of beer, we're each going to have a pint of Guinness on the spot, oh, wow. meaning you're going to stand on its back consensually. It's a trained, it's happy, it's comfortable. Oh, on the spot? Was that a giraffe pun? I'm going with the giraffe pun to play a semantics win here. Okay. You're going to sit on the back of a giraffe, drink a pint of Guinness after you've milked the giraffe as an altruistic effort. And the giraffe likes it. And the giraffe, Lindsay, the giraffe loves it. Okay. Can it be any beer? Guinness is a non-vegan beer. Uh, okay. Uh, a pint of oat milk. Yeah. <laughs> I love oat milk. Okay. You're, you're, you're sitting on the back of a giraffe. You're going to down a pint of Oatly and you just milked a giraffe in need. What's your price to do this activity, everybody? I'm offended you didn't say milk, but whatever. I prefer Oatly and I am staunchly in favor. <laughs> I'm trying to become a spokesperson for milk and because it's my favorite thing. Anyway, sidebar. Excuse me. You're, you're, you're trying to turn this show into a milk propaganda machine. Mm, it's true. I am. Sponsors. It's true. So, okay. So I get a pint of oat milk and I helped a giraffe in need, though I did have to figure out how to milk a giraffe. Oh, sitting on its back. Can I drink the pint on the ground? I really don't want to climb this giraffe. The question says then drink a pint on the spot. Isn't the spot the name of that like creepy, weird mystery place in Santa Cruz? Oh, okay. So we go to Santa Cruz. You're going to go to Santa Cruz. Go to the the local animal rescue, giraffe rescue. Sanctuary, really. Yeah, sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to, I, I just Googled it, the mystery spot. Mm. And you're going to go to a mystery fun place in Santa Cruz. Cool. I'm going to say that I would do it for $150. My only issue wow. being I'm afraid of heights. So I'm not looking forward to using that ladder. Are they that tall? I think they're very tall. I think they're taller than you might think they are. Hmm. But I, I haven't seen one in person in a very long time. The height's in the neck, but I wouldn't be surprised if the legs were long, too, and the back's pretty high off the ground. I think the legs are pretty, I think they're pretty yeah. long. I recently saw a video of a giraffe giving birth, and wow. boy, did that baby have a long way to fall. Wow. It was really shocking. Like, you should look it up because it's like, oh, my God, no, no, no. Oh, God, is they going to be okay? But, you know, their their bones are very malleable when they're young, I hear. Mm, Wow. I guess nature figured it out. There, do you remember Joshua Giraffe, the Raffi song? <laughs> oh, that's a jam. I have a really hard time thinking of accepting money for this because I feel like if I'm just doing something out of the goodness of my heart, 
I don't really want to take money. Mm. So I'm going to say I'm going to take I'm going to do a dollar. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I will say that I would do this in the very, very specific space that we've made for it. That I would do it for, I would be very uncomfortable with the giraffe milking part and would like to be compensated for that discomfort. So I'll set my price at doing this for, uh, oh, I'll say that I do it for $3,500, which is what doing a college show back when I was a performer on the college circuit, I would have really liked to have ever gotten paid $3,500 for doing a college show. And I just never commanded that kind of rate. Yeah, I would clear my old college market traumas and feel like appropriately compensated for doing something uncomfortable with an animal where I would be really concerned about doing it the wrong way and causing irreparable harm in one fell swoop. Two cabbages, one pruning shears, $3,500. That's really beautiful. I like that. And I like that it also heals a little bit of past trauma in the process. Yeah. Thank you. We're all just trying to get through this. Yeah. I know no one agreed to it, but I just imagine Zach tenderly wrapping the udders in cabbage. I do like cabbage. Had some for lunch. Here's something a lot of people don't know is that cows have to be pregnant to make milk. All animals have to be pregnant to make milk. A lot of people think that it just cows just make milk and they don't. They have to be pregnant and have just had a baby. Just dropping that. And giraffes. And giraffes too. All animals. Okay, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've done... All of that heavy stuff. Let's see who the heaviest person was in our audience. And the heaviest person in our audience is Mr. and Mrs. $1 trillion because they Googled milking a giraffe and said, forget about it. But one of our listeners named Kay said $3. So, wow. Good for you, Kay. You're ready. Kay. 86% of our audience was under a million dollars. 32% of our audience was under $10,000. One of our listeners put $5 and said, this sounds awesome. I assume they actually can be milked since they're mammalian, but drinking it might be eh. It's an experience, at least. They're really concerned about the flavor of the milk. There's something to be said about life experiences that, you know, you can die having said, I've milked a giraffe in a humane manner and then drank a glass of oat milk at a Santa Cruz tourist trap. I, for one, could live with that. It's not the, it's not the most boring story I've ever heard. No, no. It's like, you know, a bucket list for a certain kind of person. (laughs) I know I'm not on my knee, guys, but I have a proposal. Propose it. Nice. Can we all do a slow inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, and then Lindsay takes that wave, hops on a surfboard and rides it into the next question? Yeah, let's do it. Just let's let's release a little the energy of the of the the animal. The stressful animal. Yeah, we're all upset about it. Listen, we navigated it. It was fascinating. It was interesting. We solved a puzzle. We worked our way out out of a box. We learned about Santa Cruz. We learned about Santa Cruz. Um, So if you guys will join me in a meditative inhalation and breath, and Lindsay, when you're ready, you can kick us into the next question. Okay, let's do it. You'll kick us into the breath. Yeah, all right. So inhale slowly. And out with a smile. Wow. I'm a whole new person. Okay, guys. What's your price to go on a silent meditation retreat for one year? Sounds nice. Hmm. I got some questions. Yeah, me too. I've never been on a silent meditation retreat. Have either of you? I'm a big fan of meditation, but I've not gone. I've done meditation groups. I was actually getting really into them right before COVID started. And it's really lovely meditating with a group of people. It's very unifying, very grounding, very cathartic, uh, a little nerve wracking, honestly, because you're very self-aware, but then you see everyone isn't. So they lead by example. But To me, cash will have to compensate for the lack of being active in the world in certain ways for a year. But the act of meditation is so mentally healthy that as someone who struggles with anxiety and depression and some mental health stuff, I'm not opposed to the unforeseen benefits of being silent and reflective and mindful for a year, like your heart rate, blood pressure, sleep. Yeah, But then it's like, can you have access to the real world? I've never been on one, so I don't know. Obviously, you're not allowed to to speak, but like... If I want to text with my mom. Yeah, I think you can. If I want to see how my brother's doing, like I can, I'm allowed to have 
electronic communication with my family and my friends that I care about, right? Yeah, possibly you're connecting it more with the traditions you'd see with like going to like Tibet and becoming a Buddhist monk at a monastery off in nowhere. And then you have to separate yourself from material goods and life things. And Aaron, wait, Aaron, I can't listen to what you're saying. (laughs) I didn't anything you said after Tibet. Is that how you pronounce it? I've always said Tibet. Am I saying it wrong? I'm feeling really good. Aaron, you're a good person. People love you. The things you say are worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, I you've made me realize that I'm not. I pronounce words weird sometimes and people catch it and make fun oh. of me. So that must be, it's, it's Tibet, but I always say Tibet and I have to remember not to. So there we have it. Well, because I thought you were going to say Thailand. Weird. No, you can go to the Himalayas. They're so high. <laughs> the mountains, they're very, the altitude. But we're not making fun of you. We're delighted by... Oh, I love that. That thrilled me. I love that so much. You're inside the walls of the camp, but that was just a... I've always said Tibet, and it's been tough for me to say Tibet, and I just got into a bad habit my whole life. Never change. I'm going to go ahead and say, keep it. Yeah. Keep it. Anyway, so I think that's where you give up your connections to things, and you can talk to people, but you limit yourself and be more present and mindful there. I got to imagine, considering there's so many silent meditation retreats across... Even in California alone, you know, you're going to find your bespoke silent meditation retreat. Let's start pronouncing it um, silent to match Tibet as opposed to Tibet and silent. But Tibet is, that's definitely. It's okay. I'm very secure about this. Um, (laughs) I want to say two things. One is, do you, are you too aware that Jared Leto or Leto or however you pronounce that? Leto. Jared. Leto. Jared Leto was on a silent meditation retreat and then he came out and like COVID had happened. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. Like he didn't know. Oh, he had no contact with the outside world and he came back and it was like apocalypse. No, he was like in a hut. So is this appealing to you? Sorry, I cut you off, Zach. No, it's fine. And I will take the talking stick back to relay this quick street joke. Um, A guy goes to a monastery to do a, a vow of silence lifetime. And, uh, you get to say one sentence every 10 years. And so 10 years go by and the guy gets his first sentence and he goes to like the abbot of the monastery and they like with great ceremony nodded him and he goes, oh no, you get two words every 10 years. So he goes, food, bad. And the abbot nods and the guy goes back and 10 more years go by and he gets his second audience and uh, the abbot nods at him and he goes, bed, hard and the abbot nods and he goes back and so then 10 more years go by and he sits down for his audience and he looks at the abbot and he goes i quit and the abbot goes yeah i'm not surprised you've been complaining since you got here (laughs) pretty good so i'm thinking about that as i consider my price for this i think the uh i like the idea of it and i feel like it would be extremely difficult. It feels like signing up for a marathon and being like, yeah, I don't even need to train. Like, it'll be great and I'll be thin at the end of it. But then, like, once you were a little bit into it, you'd be like, my feet hurt. I'm gasping for air. This is way harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. So I think my price is going to be high. I mean, are we glamping on this silent meditation retreat? Are we in, like, the lap of luxury and it's, like, beautiful mountain gorgeous stuff? Let's assume. Let's assume so. Yeah, let's say let's say it's somewhere really pretty, really nice. You have access to your electronics. Oh. You can you can you can do all the things. You can choose what meditation means to you, but you have to be quiet. How about that? Food, good, bed, bed firm. Yeah, or whatever you know. Some people like a soft bed. I don't know. <laughs> bed acceptable. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, right. Exactly. Whatever your sleep sleep number adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like an experience others would pay for to go on this retreat. Oh, yeah. I don't think there are many one-year-long silent meditation retreats. I was looking for them. I'm sure they're out there. I could not find any after two different sessions of trying to find it. Mm. They're all different lengths, right? There's like some that are a few days, a weekend, uh, a week. I've seen like a 12-day. I had a friend that once did a month long, but that to me felt like, oh, that is absurd. Like, are you some sort of bajillionaire that you can just leave your life for a month and not talk to anybody? I think the answer is yes, right? I mean, yeah, it was. There's famous stories, by the way, of people meditating for absurd amounts of time. But those are like individuals who are Mm -hmm. dedicated to the craft and wanted to meditate for a year with only restroom breaks, right? Like there's famous stories of like 10-month meditation. I don't know how much I believe them, though. Okay, I think I'm going to my price. Let's do it. I think for me to do this... 
I would need to say to myself, it feels counter to the whole like concept behind it, the whole notion of doing this. If you're like, okay, so I'm going to loophole my way out of this by like texting and emailing and like going on Zooms and waving at people and using communication technology as much as I can. And the only thing I'm going to deny myself is the physical act of talking. And I'm doing it for like, you know, 250,000 or a million dollars or something like that. Cause then when I come back, I'm going to talk so fucking much and I'm going to go all over the world and talk all the time. And I'll be so rich with my meditation. And it just feels like that is counter to the spirit of this whole thing. So if it is indeed like an enlightenment quest and part of some personal development and journey, I really think the only way I could do it would be to like do it for zero dollars and undertake the undertaking. If I'm doing it as a stunt, like the guy who can't talk for a year, that's a different thing. Like, a, I don't, who would even pay to see that? It's like the least exciting David Blaine. He just didn't talk. Anyone could do that. <laughs> the intention's your own. Well, that's the intention I would take it on with. And I think if I'm going to do it, which I don't yeah. think is ever going to happen, I would need to do it for zero dollars. So you think there's a scenario in life where if someone offered you this and said, all expense paid, you would potentially do this for zero dollars? In the world where I would say yes to it, that's the that's the condition in which I would say yes to it so that it would be like a pure undertaking. I was very curious how hesitant you guys would be, because to me, this is this is very appealing. I don't find it appealing at all, which probably means I'm the person that needs it the most because meditation is so stressful for me. I panic after 10 minutes. I'm in full. I'm in a full panic. So it's really hard, meaning I should probably leave tonight to go do this year-long silent meditation retreat. But, you know, okay, if I'm going to take it seriously and actually do it, I don't know that I would be able to really focus and be in it if the whole time I was concerned that I was going to come back and be in financial ruin from losing a year Mm. of not getting paid for anything. So I think I may have to have my year of getting paid and have enough of a cushion to get a job after not having worked. And that and that there would be a house that you owned that you could come back to. And I also need a house that I own. And it can be in any city. And it can be. No, I want it to be in Los Angeles. You don't want to be in Cheyenne around the, the giraffe house. Um, I'll do the meditation retreat for a <laughs> farm where I can grow my cabbages to put in giraffe bras. That's what we got to before, right? And it has to be in Calabasas. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was the elephant in the room. Yeah. Sorry to introduce elephants when we're talking about giraffes. It feels like a red herring. Oh, God, no, I can't stop. It's just... uh, so, you know, I'm not going to include a house in this. I'm just going to include my rent because I'm not going to try to be extravagant because I feel like if I'm going to try to, like, be zen mm. or whatever, I'm not going to be like, I need a house. In this scenario, I'm chill. I'm being really chill. So I'm going to say, let's think of like a year of money and um, health care and all of that stuff, because that's expensive as fuck. And, you know, like, can I bring my dog? Am I going to have to put her somewhere for a year? Bring your dog. I can bring the dog. Okay, good. Because- Remember, this is a bespoke silent meditation retreat. This is tailored for you. Oh, right, right. So then, yeah, Bagel has to come with me and I can have some sort of like special whistle for her. Oh, this, wait, I'm sorry. It, this makes it so much more difficult to me because... I constantly make up songs about my girlfriend's cats. And I think I would have a hard time not breaking my vow by like not singing to the dog. That would kick it to a whole new difficulty level for me. You could technically write this music still. You just have to have an AI software sing for you out loud. Okay, so like a MIDI AI Mm -hmm. kind of thing that can produce these compositions? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to open up this retreat to any other patrons with a man having a, mach- uh-huh. a a robot machine bringing my musical creations to life to sing to my to Lindsay's dog. You know, if if maybe there are people that find a metaphysical center when listening to what sounds like Stephen Hawking rap clever mm-hmm. lyrics mm-hmm. at an animal. But also, it's hard for me because my relationship with Bagel is very verbal. Yeah, it is. You know, we really talk a lot. Does Bagel know that that means sit? The classic hand no, gesture. Absolutely mm. not. Yeah, so words are going to be important here. Well, she knows a treat above her face means. Oh yeah, yeah means yeah. it. We don't see. We never did the hand right. signals. She's a very independent dog. She lives her own life, and she just is as wild. Yes. I tried to keep her like the wolf. She's dignified, Zach. She would never accept your reductive labeling. <laughs> it's, it's very humanist of me to have put that on her. <laughs> to have anthropomorphized her. I'm stuck in my human frame. She's a wolf. She's a wolf. Okay. 
So if I'm thinking of, let's say two years, so because it, you know, it might take me a while to find another great job, especially what if I change career paths after this silent meditation, I might not want to go into what I've been doing. I may decide I want to figure out how to do underwater basket weaving, and that might take training and time. So let's say, let's give me two years. You have to so make a super pack to change Tibet pronunciation in America. Tibet. Tibet. I, love I love it so much. It's like a Tibetan Thai fusion restaurant. But it's all soups with little letters in it. Tibet. Love it. Or it's like Thai food, but like with the colloquialism on the end, because, you know, when people are like, that's great, they say bet. Or it's a Thai fusion restaurant located in Las Vegas on the Strip. So you go there and you could bet while you're there. Yes, or their bow tie pasta with alphabet pasta, and it's just like a com- a hybrid soup restaurant. That's my vote. So two years of your living costs. Two years of living costs, and I'm I'm just I'm going as low as I I think you know allotting for should a medical situation come up, mm-hmm. or you know my car explodes or something happens where you know an emergency. So I'm gonna say keeping it low, five hundred thousand mm, dollars. Great. With some emergency cushion. Love it. I think that makes a lot of sense. You want to make sure you're covering missed salary, damage control spillover, comfort costs around you as you make your transitions. And still paying rent in my absence. Oh, yeah. You want to retain your home. Mm-hmm. No, that all makes sense. I think I gravitate a little closer to 350000 No, $360,000. Okay. Where did that extra $10,000? i will tell you. I really want a really nice watch. A $10,000 watch? It's like eight or $9,000 for like a really tight Rolex. Okay, but how does that figure into the size? A I wonderfully mean, valuable, useless material good is just what I need before I go give up material goods for life. And I just want to make sure I have that before I might not want it. Yeah, he might be changed forever. Yeah, but I want to have, it doesn't have to be Rolex. It could be, you know, some other brand. But like, I just want a really, really nice watch that makes me feel like a grown up because as a millennial, few things can. So I just want that. And when you get out, you could write like an autobiography-ish, a memoir about your time there, and you could call it The Last Watch. Oh, The Last Watch. Yes. Just an idea. Just providing options. All right. Let's see what our audience had to say about all this. Zach, are you still on zero dollars or? Yeah. Staying at zero. Okay. So you're not alone. Our high, which (laughs) 3% of our audience all put this, the high was $1 trillion. So people really hate this idea. Somebody is just going crazy with the trillies. Manage those expectations. It's a life of disappointment. <laughs> but 6% of our audience polled put $0. One person said I'd pay for the silent year-long retreat. This is not something people hate if it's available to them. Yeah. Oh, I also, you know, I'm not a married person, so I'm not even really, I'm being very selfish in this. I'm thinking like, nobody would care if I... <laughs> If you can't hand me, handle me at my getting paid $500,000 to go on a one-year silent meditation retreat, then you don't deserve me at my whatever the rest if of If you can't love me when I'm quiet, you don't deserve me when I won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I feel like a lot of spouses would really welcome their spouse shutting the fuck up for a year. Well, we're almost going to shut the fuck up. But before we all do. Here's a question. Of all of these three things, pick one. Silent retreat. Silent retreat. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go search engine. Wow. That's the long game. I want to let you know two different birthday gifts I've gotten Lindsay over the years, Zach. Okay. That's nice. I didn't know you were a birthday gift friend. You actually, my birthday gift to Aaron got stolen out of his car. It did. It was a pun board game, but two gifts I've gotten Lindsay over the years. Number one, I got her subscription to Headspace Mm -hmm. because I thought she needed to start meditating. Mm -hmm. And then another gift I've gotten her was mala beads for meditation because I thought maybe something physical and stone-based would speak to her. Mm. So I've been pushing like an evangelical zealot this whole thing on Lindsay Hard. Right. I think she would meditate. I Look, it's not easy for me, though I did. I will say I found a group that meditates every morning at 7 a.m. And I do. I've caught a few. It's just for 15 minutes, but it's it's helpful. Uh, But it does really stress me out. It's it's really hard for me, which means I need it. So you're going search engine. I'm going search engine because I think it's kind of cool. And honestly, I think I might be a little bit relieved to not have to do that. Okay, it does not sound so bad the way we've mapped it out. So we made it. We're at the end. Zach, we did it. The only thing we have to do left is some quick awards. And then we send you off into the universe. We've got one award. It's the cheap 
Charlie Award, which mm. goes to the person who requested the least amount. And that goes to Zach with a total of $18,500. I'm a cheap Charlie. It's the lowest we've had on the show so far. Wow. Charlie's nice and gender neutral of a name, I want to say. Are they all? Let's see. The big spender is the the other one. And that goes to our friend Lindsay here for $50,500,001. Wow. It's an honor. Honestly, to win. So we've given you a lot to think about during your next silent meditation, Zach. Wow. Wait. Do you get a title as for the middle one? Uh, I'm I'm just the middle Mary. The middle. The yeah, middle child. Middle and the middle Messiah. Just give it some real some real regency. The middle Messiah. Yeah, that was my idea, and it was no, no. Um, Rob, Rob, our producer Rob just put it up on here, so that was his idea. But yeah, before you peace out, we've talked about your show. Everyone needs to go check it out. You're touring. Lindsay and I have seen the Crossword Show many times. We'll put a link so people can check out tickets. But anything else you want to throw out there? No, I just the website is um, crosswordshow.com, or as we like to say at the live show when we put the URL up on a slide, crosswords how. Com. So yeah, all of our tour dates are there. Zach, Lindsay will attest, your show is amazing. Everyone should check it out. It's incredible. And it was a real, real treat just getting to hang out with you for so long. I feel the same. It's so nice to see your faces. It feels great. We're friends. It's an honor to have you. We're such huge fans and happy to call you a friend as well. May our friendships continue to blossom such that we all get our birthday gifts from each other stolen out of the back of our cars. We'll see you at the mystery spot in Santa Cruz. Bye, Zach. Bye. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. I got it, 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 I got it. Okay. All right. And we're back. Everyone needs to know we've recorded this outro 10 times. We can't stop laughing. We're going to do this like grown ups. Here we go. Lindsay, wasn't that fun? What? Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun. We have a lot of fun making this show. And you know what we love even more? How much our listeners love playing along. If you want to join the fun, run as fast as you can to your nearest browser and let us know your worth. We're always putting up new polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter for reminders and updates. While you're at it, just a friendly PSA that you can find transcriptions for today's episode and all past episodes on the Human Values website. Again, that's humanvaluespodcast.com. Over to you, Linz. If you enjoyed today's episode, or if you just really like our show, please spread the word. We appreciate it more than I could ever say. And if you mention Human Values Pod on Instagram or TikTok, or leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app, and maybe leave us a little rating while you're there, maybe we'll choose you for a shout out. We can't wait to hear from all of you. We love you all. And now let's talk about some people we love as well. Ourselves. Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin Corning. And our music is by Omer Bensby. All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode was expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values hosts, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. In short, when in doubt, please don't listen to us. Human Values is a human content production. You did it. I got it. I got it.